by Doyle Carter, entitled Kingdom of God, the Age of Enlightenment. Thank you, Thank you Owen. Funny how my notes must look right now. See, I did all this sermon. I, I had a pattern here, which we'll get into in a minute, just to break the ice here. I, I, I went on and did the one at church, and I was going to make the opposite of what the other one would be. <laughs> And well, you say, what's the big deal? Well, I wrote, I typed it all out. Now I got scribbles all around it for additional notes from the feast. God seems to want to change the message every now and then a little bit. But I was prepared. I had room. Just to break the ice, I'm hoping everybody is like this kid right now. This is the sixth day of the feast. I presented this picture as in rejoicing at the feast. And I said, no one needs to be like this. Does anyone recognize this? This? Oh, even from here you recognize it. Grumpy cat. You're not, you're not supposed to be grumpy during the feast. And I, don't, I haven't seen anyone grumpy except for me before coffee. I'm the only one. To get with the message, this is like a part two. So if you ever go to Tulsa Church of God, just a little plug, I have an actual one called Lack of Knowledge. And like I said to Dale, to make it easier on me, because of all the little things I do, just having the message kind of parallel the other one. As one person at dinner said, the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey. The other one's called Lack of Knowledge. And the reason I called it the true age of enlightenment is because I like history. Anyone knows I study various things from the Chinese cultures and da-da-da. A lot of it's fairy tale, but hey, it's still interesting to hear what they say. And one of the thing, one of the parts of history I haven't studied yet but would like to start into is the Age of Enlightenment. And one quote to that from one historian about the European one, because there's multiples, was saying that the, the Enlightenment or the Age of Reason was marked by the glorification of man's ability to reason. Science and development served as a backbone for the popularity of law and reason. Stability and peace were regarded as a hallmark of this period. Which was sort of true, sort of. But I today petition to you that the true age of enlightenment, by that definition, drop man out of there a little bit, will be coming in the future. Because man can't, obviously, after 6,000 years or whatever number you believe, has not done what we want. I mean, there's no peace on earth, and when there is, it's very brief. And then it loses, or it's somewhere else, or it just ends. As we know around us, as we've heard the sermons, now we'll go to spiritual knowledge. The world's in darkness. That's what my original sermon was saying. We're, the world is in darkness. With the, unfortunately, unlike I was talking to one of the elder, older people who was sitting with kids and said, I think it was Bob. I'll just put Bob on the, on the get him in there. I was talking to Bob, and I said, talked about his daughter and said they face problems we don't even know how we didn't have to face and I bet you people who are older than me more like my mother's age I'm sorry younger than me we'll say it that way I have faced issues didn't even have the issues even I had to face when I was a kid or if they were there they were not as prevalent but we know that the kingdom of God when God intervenes that stuff will end that he'll bring truth and we're going to go into that and like I say, as a quick review, as I have in the note, basically today our life is, lifestyle is criticized and ridiculed by our society. It's, it's lucky that my boss actually says it's okay. 
and I think by law she has to listen to it. I mean, she's for it, but some of, the co some of my co-workers think, are you Jewish? I'm not just saying that. One actually, the first year I did it, until I got Steve's letter, because Steve gives a letter to everybody to help us out. He said, are you Jewish? I think he puts a New Testament scripture in there too about the holy days. I said, no, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Trust me, I'm more Irish and German, and, you, and I'm not more than Jewish. But they relate it that way. That's part of the deception. These Old Testament holy days are Jewish, so if you keep them, you have to be Jewish. And, it, and there's other things like the world news, entertainment rejects God. In fact, like, okay, I thought of a good example this morning. Ned Flanders from Simpsons. I used to sort of like Simpsons, not quite, but close enough. But he's always portrayed as a do-gooder a do and never makes mistakes. and it, it belittles him to a degree. I mean, later on it kind of doesn't. But at first it really belittled him. So, and that's just one example. And our society does not, and we were talking about a certain topic about life. I won't say much else. You can read between the lines. I'll say it. Suicide. Our society does not value life as we speak. I mean, we have abortion all over the place. We have, I mean, where we have it, we have death portrayed in our entertainment. We have it portrayed in our movies. We have it portrayed everywhere. I mean, it escalates. It used to be maybe a small number of people in old movies. And then it started to be like a city, like in Transformers, whatever it is, silly movies with robots. And then they destroyed parts of Chicago. And now you've got Thanos destroying half the population. You know, it has to escalate. And part of these problems is really us, like we've heard in many of the sermons. I have, I'm going to blame the other person later, but part of it's us. Or just the fact that sometimes, I don't know about you, but I have my rebellious moments that I don't think. <laughs> oh, a friend looks at me like, huh? I think we all have our rebellious. We read and then we forget about it. Or we get caught up in some kind of situation. We just forget about it. And all of a sudden, we're, we've done something we shouldn't. But the, one of the main culprits is Satan. We're going to read into that. Let's just get into the scriptures here now. To get into this. In Revelation 12, verse 9. We know this as a fact because it says in Revelation 12... There it is. They're behind us and in front of us at the church. So if I look funny. It says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives, deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So he's one of the main culprits. So he... I would believe that he just manipulates us, like, you know, like children, you know. Say, hey, I, I know Dole's weakness, let's get him here, or let's get this person here. Or, he, or he, like when we try to go to the feast, you know, he starts throwing obstacles that are our weaknesses. If we have a weakness of money, we're having a problem with money, suddenly the car breaks down two weeks before the feast, and you're going, why? I had $500 saved for the room, and, I got, you know, it happens. And then it happens during Passover, too, when things get, yeah. But anyway, the good news behind this is, is in Revelation 20, in verse 1 through 3, John tells us in Revelation from what he's seen, Then I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, old serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he, he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut it up and set a seal upon it so that 
he should deceive the nations no more. So he's not going to be out to deceive nations. For, for the thousand years were for, uh, for finished. But after these, he shall be released for a little while. I don't, I'm not going to even attempt to explain. I don't know why he gets released. But for a thousand years, this is one of the benefits of the kingdom of God. He will be, Satan will be bound for a thousand years. No longer have anything to do with us. I think that's a great thing myself. And another one, then at that point, we see, and Brian doesn't have this scripture, unfortunately. Like I said, you start adding scriptures. Brian, if you need to look for it, it's Revelation 11, 15. That's where I bring the hardback stuff. If I bring my iPad up here, my luck, it'll run out of power, and I'll be up here without a Bible. It says, and the seventh angel sounded, that's the seventh trump, and there was a loud voice in heaven. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of, our, of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So the kingdom of God begins. What are the benefits? Well, first off, we see that we will have a part in it. Somebody had mentioned last year's sermon, and I didn't bring the notes, which, of course, I wouldn't every year ago, so unfortunately, they're hidden somewhere. And I'll get them later for them. But we will have our part. We're not just going to sit there as bystanders, as I said last year. We see in Revelation 20, verse 6, Revelation 20, verse 6, Basically, as the notes say, we will be part of the solution. Because right now, right now, like I, Lucille, I'm looking at Lucille because I'm thinking, I think she laughed one day. I actually had a foam brick. And I met, my expression was, I think my mom gave it to me or somebody gave it to me. And she would throw it at the TV every time bad news would occur. <laughs> you know, some, something horrible happened. She'd get mad instead of breaking the TV, which costs more money than it's worth. You know, wham! We, and she could not solve the problems. And I think it, for a while in her youth, it drove her nuts. But we'll have the option to, eventually. In Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who ha has part of the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. So now we're not just going to be helplessly sitting there going, oh, I guess we can't do anything about this. Oh, somebody tried to run down the road and right to run from the police. Now, God Christ can go, guess what? Stop it. And you can almost just magically lift the car in the air and go, you really think you're going somewhere? If he starts hollering at you, lift him another couple of stories high and let him go down. I'm scared. Good. Did I get your point? Get my point across? Now, let's have a talk. <laughs> let's have a talk. You can do something about all this. So let's go into the other benefits I'd like to go into. So when the let's go to Micah four one through four talks about the reign of Christ or the reign of of the Lord's reign in in uh, Zion. Micah four one four. This one had so many nuggets I couldn't just narrow it down to one point. So go figure. Now it came to pass in the latter days 
that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills implying nations and the people shall dwell or the, I'm sorry the people shall flow to it and many nations shall come and say can you guess what they're going to say come let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob he will teach us his way ways and we shall walk in his path for out of Zion the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem I'm gonna stop there I'm gonna break these up this way I didn't want to plan to do it but I'll do it first instead of the world being kind of naive because I can tell you a story about somebody I actually talked to at work this is a funny but it just kind of shows the ignorance of people in Bible it's not the same age as it was 20 years ago I was speaking of the Bible and I just said you no know, I said something about the flood okay I said something about the flood and he said oh you mean when Moses survived the flood and and saved eight people I'm like you do you, don't you mean Noah not Moses and he thought Noah actually was he reversed it he didn't know enough it won't be that way anymore at that point the knowledge of the Lord they'll come to or Zion and they'll go how do we live what what can we do to correct our, our situation and, and we will be a part of as priest and be able to teach let's go on with the verse let's go on I broke all the chapter things we'll continue on and he shall judge between many people and rebuke strong nations afar off stop on this how I view it is you watch the world and okay let's get without getting into politics we have a judge right now that they're trying to put in and I'm not judging whether he's the right judge or not but there's so much garbage going on and they're trying to do whatever one party wants to save them one party wants to do this and it's wasting money time instead of just saying hey are we gonna vote him in or not and it's politics and it's almost like a battle and you know nations will fight each other well God will come up and he will be the judge and there won't be war you just say okay come, bring your bring your bring your leaders up let's talk and they'll solve it in a peaceful manner it won't be like like one of my notes say it won't be like the Feast of Tabernacles and maybe one of y'all can tell me when because that was so long ago I remember well we'll get into that in a minute getting that when I get to the point there's a story I'll tell you it tells what young people are like too when they're young and, the, and it goes on and says they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into burning hooks Nathan, nations shall not lift up sword against nations neither shall they shall they learn war anymore and I'm gonna stop there so all war canemies land all because I know we spent nations spent vast amounts of money on tanks machine guns and all the weaponry and the tactical and the training that money could be used in other places and there won't be war and it also says but everyone shall everyone shall sit under his his vine under his own tree no one shall make him afraid and I think of this scripture as being private property you know I say that because in Tulsa they were actually expanding something on the river and they condemned a bunch the city just came down and said I condemn this house condemn this house condemn this house and they gave them pennies on the dollar for the value of the home you know they just didn't care I mean I, I don't they just went in and said okay we want this parcel of land if we want this parcel of land how are we gonna get it oh it's a floodplain let's just condemn the houses now here's 
a few bucks to help you out. Now, it won't be that way. You will own your own property. You don't have to worry about government taking it for whatever reason. So the point I wanted to point out on that was basically that the truth will be out. It won't be like it is in the world where you go to school and you learn about evolution or evolution, as I heard someone say in our church, evolution, which science doesn't back up. You won't have all that. You'll learn the right way to live, and it'll take out a lot of the complications of life. No more war, judge. Like I say, there'll be no more wars. God will judge between nations, or maybe we will. I'm like Ian. I like the way Ian put it. Maybe we'll be assigned to it. Hey, you, you and you, go out and take care of that problem. And we'll say, how do we do it? You'll know how to do it. No problem. I'm here. And the story I was going to tell you about the war was, and many of the, I was going to say old timers, but older people, or I get stoned up here, old timers. It was a Feast of Tabernacles. It was really, really a disruptive way to, a disruptive thing at the feast. We, I, I was a young man, and I didn't have as much attention span. I just roll my eyes, let it go at that. I was at Lake Texoma, and you know, Steve Keeler was running the feast site. No big deal, it was somewhere in the middle of the feast. And I'd go out in the lobby, I don't know what my reasoning was, I don't remember. If I did, I wouldn't tell you anyway, probably better off, I don't. Maybe boredom, who knows. I walk out, and on the TV, we have just invaded Afghanistan. We had, and I don't know what year it was, but I went up to Steve. Of course, I wouldn't go up there and talk at the time because I always said it would take an act of God for me to get up here and talk. And boy, God likes a sense of humor, doesn't he? But Steve announced it, and everybody went back to the room solemn because it's like we had invaded a nation. But that won't be the case in the kingdom of God. And yes, it was definitely something solemn because I knew some people in the military too that were probably called. I think we had three coworkers called in to, from active from reserves to active reserves immediately sent over to Afghanistan they came back but still it just it, it really affects you there's another effect, another item we can look at and this is one me and Ian were talking about a little while back I'm going to just go read the scripture and we'll go into it you may even know what it is Isaiah 11 6 through 9 Isaiah 11 6 through 9 it has another point at the end, but I'll get to that later. Perfect. The wolf also shall dwell with the lion. The leopard shall lie down with the goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. A child and a child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young, their, their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play with or play by the cobra's hole, not have to worry. The, the weaned child shall place his hand on the viper's ne uh, den. The, and then it says after that, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my mountain. Animals, now I know it can mean nations. I know prophetically it could go that direction, but I'm going to take it toward the animal's way. Ian was talking about he would like to have a raptor. I think it was a T-Rex. I'd have, I'd have raptors since I seem to be fascinated by them in, in Jurassic Park. I'd rather have a raptor. Besides, T-Rex is too big. How would you keep them? You have to leave them in the backyard. Raptors you can kind of let come in your house. But I don't know if you'd want to, but you could. But the animal nature will change. Because how many times do your animals attack someone? Like if a kid, or I don't know, in, like if somebody's camping. There was a story where a black bear, it was a brown bear, a grizzly bear, or something had attacked someone. And it may have been just because it was protecting its cub, who knows, but it attacked. But it won't be that way. 
and we can handle snakes. Which, anyway, we won't go into that one. I don't mind snakes, it's just certain ones, when they say they can kill you, the first bite kind of makes me uncomfortable. And some spiders too. <laughs> but they won't harm anyone. And the last part of the scripture is interesting too, which backs up the original theme I had. And the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the, the sea. The knowledge of the Lord. It'll be all over the place. It won't be in pockets like in church. It won't be like us going out trying to be a light to the world. It'll be out there. It won't be like, that day will not be like today. And we know that from Jeremiah. Oh, let's back up. I had something I wanted to share. Sorry. I see, I told you I scribbled in here, so it's hard to catch everything. To the animal part, I just had to share someone's pictures. There, somebody had pictures of them being at the farm. Yeah, they, it was, I think it was our greet and meet, and they were out here. And they showed this little girl. They were showing videos. There's this little girl. Oh, sorry, Brian, I'll stay over here. They had this little girl, like about this tall, leading a horse. And then just leading the horse along, it's like the horse is going, okay, where do we go? You know, like it was no big deal. And then the second one was her sitting on the, uh, like a calf, sitting on his, his neck. And the calf's just sitting there going, whatever. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Can you imagine your kid doing that to a lion? Or a tiger? Or something that, an animal which we today would consider a wild animal. You know, like, like what happened to Siegfried and, Siegfried and Roy when their, animal, their lion, I guess, went crazy for whatever reason. It won't be that way. They, they'll be tamed. Anyway, back to Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34. But this is the co covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after the, those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their mind I, and write it on their hearts. I will be their God. I will, and they shall be my people. No more, no more shall every man teach his neighbors like we do today. And every man his brother saying, Know, know the Lord, for they, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord. I will forgive their iniquity and their sins, and I will remember them no more. Earlier I mentioned the feast. And just as a quick, we'll just make this quick because we all know the scripture. Jeremiah, uh, not Jeremiah, Zechariah 14, 16 through 19. Remember I said that they think it's kind of strange that I take this eight-day thing. Of course, I point out to them, I don't understand your Christmas. You, you spend all this buku bucks for three months and panic and holler and put it on your credit cards. And then for one, not even a day, one morning, you open all these packages and go watch football. That doesn't mean, I mean, football is fine, but you just go watch football. I mean, and of course you eat a little bit, but. So Christmas kind of, it's like, okay, it doesn't make sense. But the world will be keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. And it says in Zechariah 14, 16 through 19, it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all, of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts, to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So everybody will be keeping it. And it, shall, and it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth that do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them shall be no rain. 
And if the family of Egypt, I'm sure it's just an example, will come not will not come up and enter, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague with which the Lord will strike the nations who do not come up to keep the feast. This will be this shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that do not come up to keep the feast of tabernacles. Can you imagine, you know, here comes the nation, okay, God isn't like a, I mean, he's a king, and we listen to him, because Matt made the point, we don't live in a kingdom, a king, king, you know, like a kingdom where they're just iron fist, but he will be kind of iron fist in a way, because let's say, well, yeah, Egypt, Egypt says, no, 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 I want nothing to do with this. So, God, like it says here, God says, okay, no rain. I think when the bellies get empty, and other effects start occurring with the rain a couple of years. It would be like the droughts in California where they had the fires all of a sudden because there's not enough water for the grass. They will decide, you know, maybe this wasn't such a hot idea not to come up to Jerusalem. I think I will come up and find out what's going on. My animals are unhappy. My kids are unhappy. You don't want them unhappy. My wife's unhappy. I know the men folk will say that. I don't think I like this. So they'll come up. Because you got to think about it. We were discussing, there's, we've had studies before at church and others that the holy days actually show a pattern of how God actually is handling mankind. And without the holy days, you really don't have an understanding. Like, like I've said once before, you know, the first few are about our personal lives. You know, Passover, we do our thing. And then as you get in the fall, it's community. Trumpets. Calling the world together or calling the people. And your day of atonement. They all go in front of the high priest and get forgiven. And then, Feast of Tabernacles, King of God, we all rejoice. At least we, we better rejoice like we're supposed to. <laughs> if you can tell me who this kid is, fine. I don't know who it is. I just thought it was a real cool picture. I've never seen a kid with a... And I had one other, I, another scripture I was going to throw out here. Just because we are talking about the youth and how they have to face the world. Brian, I'm going to go ahead and tell you in advance. It's Isaiah 65:20. You know, I should never write my stuff in advance. <laughs> Don't always get everything. Sixty-five. See, I got the right scripture. Okay, perfect. I do. My Wi-Fi doesn't work here, so I had to actually use the iPad, and it doesn't always want to function very well without Wi-Fi. It says, "No more an infant, infant from, okay, shall an infant from, okay, no more shall an infant from there live by a few days, nor an old man has, okay. What I want to go into is the latter part. For ch the children, the child shall not die; well, shall not die until a hundred years. But a sin, the sinner shall let's see. And, but the sinner, sh being one hundred years old, shall be accused. Well, what I was trying to use in that, and I, I read it when I read it, and it didn't quite come out right. But it says a child, a child shall not die till about a hundred years. So I read used to the King, New King James, but it talks about children, and we read that earlier also in another scripture about animals. Animals will, uh, children will not prematurely die, is what I'm gathering from God. You know, it's sad when, you know, and I'm not going to get into it much because it's not something I want to get into, but, you know, there's hospitals full of sick children with cancer and all that. They won't have that problem. 
They just won't have the problem in the kingdom of God. They'll have 100 years. Or, for example, I told someone, let's even go even further. The sinner may will have 100 years. Someone says that. I remember somebody, and I'm lucky to live as old as I am, as far as I'm going to go. I was talking to an ex-girlfriend once, and there was a guy named Mike Hall. And he had a lot of potential in life. And it's just sad that one day, and she told me this after we she's trying to remind me of a class reunion which is so many years afterwards we'll keep that quiet too I think it was 20 good enough he had done, he was his life was this he just got married a year before okay got year, married a year before he had a great radio voice he was on the radio you know I didn't say he was a Rush Limbaugh but he had a like you know real nice voice he was able he was getting popular in his area and then one day he had a heart attack that's it before 30. Life over. It won't be that way in the kingdom. He will be able to live his full potential. Imagine what he could have been if he would have lived up to in his 50s or 60s. And these are just a few benefits. I'm sure some of you all could probably holler at me the others. It's just the kingdom of God is such a vast topic. And as Paul says, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, my last, my concluding verse for anyone listening, Basically, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12, when he speaks of our understanding, I don't really like it because I can relate to it. Like I told you, when I was a kid, I did different things. And even Paul knows that. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 12, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I become a man, I put away my childish things, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And then Paul says, I know, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. You know, this can relate to anything from the 24 elders. I've heard somebody discuss that once. And I, you know, I have no answer who these people are. Were there dragons? Were there dinosaurs? Were there, we don't know. We just see in, in, we see in the past dimly. We just guess and give theories based on information. And we're like children. And when we look at the kingdom of God, I mean, if somebody says there's no more wars, you can imagine it, but you can't imagine it. Because we don't have a world where there's no more war. We don't have a world where children can play outside and not be afraid. It's it's a hard concept. I mean, you can imagine it, but it's just difficult. But that's okay. God didn't expect us to understand everything right now. He just wants us to, like many of our sermons, just to recap or to conclude, like many of our sermons, He just wants us to overcome this world, do the best we can, follow His Word as best we can, as, as much as we understand it, and, we, and we'll never understand it till the end. I was talking to a man named Mr. Noble once, who was in his 80s, and I said, you know everything. He went, I mean, he's a real nice guy, but this is the one time he gave me that, that, I used to do that to kids as a joke, but this time he was very serious. He says, young man, I'm still learning. <laughs> There's a lot I do not know. But that's the way it is. We are, our goal is the kingdom, and we are learning, and we're growing, and we live through this life, and this is our boot camp. And our goal is to be part of this kingdom of God, which will... Bring into the world the true age of enlightenment. Not by man, like I read earlier when they said in the definition. 
man's reasoning. No, God's reasoning. We will have knowledge. Suddenly come out of Zion. We'll have no more wars. You won't turn on the TV if there are TVs. You won't turn on the TV and seeing wars and all. It'd be like my mom once saying a comment, just to throw this as an interjection as humor. My mom being in the 50s when Eisenhower was president, she griped about the news when she was probably this old. I can't imagine her being that short and all that. But she said when she was 11 or 12, she went to her dad and said, Dad, the news is boring. And he goes, what? All they talk about is Eisenhower playing golf. <laughs> and, and he profoundly said, well, daughter, there's going to be a day you wish that's all they talked about. <laughs> I said, that was prophecy in itself. I have never heard, I can't, I will never forget that story. But there'll be a day then you, you might just hear that, you know, your, your king or your whoever played golf and had a decent day, you know, or maybe there's a lot. There'll be no more war games. You won't have to worry about your kids going out and dying for a country or a cause, you know. It, it'll be all taken care of. The kid, they'll get the leaders together or however he's going to do it. And maybe you, as us being, spirit beings, might come up and say, guys, guys, chill. What is the problem? And we'll just like, two kids fighting, we have to split them up and say, hey, stop. And we know that it'll bring changes to animals and the world in general. It'll just be a better world. So I just wanted to share this as this is our hope and we're going to be a part of it. You know, we're going to be a part of these changes. And I want you, my request today is we internalize this and study this over time and just imagine what the world would be like in the kingdom. And as like uh, we said, like David said when I did the PS at the end of this message, I just want to wish, we're at the sixth day, I can't believe it. Man, the feast has gone fast. So I just want to wish everybody, whatever's left of this feast, that you all have the, the most wonderful, wonderful feast yet. <laughs>